What's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of Worldly Church Girl. It's your girl, your host, Lillian Harshaw. On today's show, I have a man who is the first male in his family to graduate from college. He is a motivational speaker, and he is a strong advocate for today's youth. It gives me great honor to introduce to you Eddie Thompson. So you were born and raised in Baltimore, the youngest of three, and your father was a drug and alcohol abuser. You witnessed him abuse your mother about the age of eight or nine, and then your father left like a couple years later about the age of 10. And your mother raised you and your siblings, you have two other siblings, with all those challenges and all those things that statistically, as they would say, would hinder a person, that was not the case for you. You embrace those challenges and you end up becoming the exact opposite of those challenges. You Mm -hmm. was the first male in your family to graduate from college and you end up excelling in everything that you touch, if you will. So let's just start with the day that your father left. Do you Mm -hmm. remember how that felt? So it's funny that you bring that up because when he left, I wasn't actually in the house. Um, I believe, I think I was at school. Um, actually, no, 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 no. I'm sorry about that. I was there the day that he left. It was the last day that my mom saw him that I was not there for. But however, the day that he left, I remember my dad being upstairs in my, in, in my mom's room, they were arguing me and my brother was just sitting on the couch. And, um, <laughs> my, I remember him saying like, you know, where's the money? Where's the money? Where's the money? He was basically asking for money so he can go get some drugs. And my mom ended up giving him money that was she tried to hide it inside of a flashlight container uh, or a flashlight itself. And uh, he ended up opening the flashlight. He took the money out the flashlight. And when he walked past me and my brother who were sitting in the living room, he didn't even say anything. He just kind of left the house. And that was the last time I ever saw him. So um, my mom said he came back probably a couple weeks later. Because it was, and she remembers it because it was opening day for the Orioles, uh, which was the baseball team down there in Baltimore. And he asked for a jacket because it was snowing on opening day. So (laughs) that was the last thing I remember. That was the last thing I remember about that conversation. That's the last time I saw him, last time I spoke to him, everything. So, yeah. Now, did this help you and your siblings become closer? So my sister is actually 22 years older than me. So my sister wasn't even in the house at that point. She She was out and actually had um two kids of her own at that point already um and my my brother my brother was more so he was connected to my dad i didn't have the best relationship with my dad i would i still identify as a mama's boy always will be for me and my brother it didn't necessarily make us closer uh just because my brother felt as though my father had left him for me i looked at it as like kind of a it was like a blessing right i was like all right well he's not going to be in the house causing issues and mayhem anymore Um, and I didn't, I looked at it as I couldn't really miss somebody that I never really had because my dad outside of uh, abusing drugs and everything else, he was a, uh, truck driver. So he would, he would be gone majority of the day. And then I would see him probably early in the morning, right before I went to school. And by the time I got back home, he was still out on the road. And then he maybe get in after I already went to bed. So I didn't, I didn't have the, the greatest relationship with my dad. However, my brother has been on, went on road trips with him. You know, he's, he was so much more involved in, in his life. So 
it was, I feel like for me and my brother, it kind of dropped a wedge because obviously I respected my mom and not to say my brother doesn't respect my mom, but he just had a, a much fonder appreciation of my dad at the time. And uh, it, it created a little bit of a wedge in the family because my brother felt like he was now like the black sheep. It was a little bit different, but me and my brother developed a bond pretty much when I turned about 13 and I started getting really heavy into playing sports and playing football. And uh, he became like a, a real deal coach in my life. So um, that's when the bond started to really change over. So you think that um, because of that, you two just looked at your dad and probably still do through different lenses. Absolutely. Definitely. I don't hate my dad and I'm not even resentful towards him. I definitely feel as though there was a lot of anger that was there in the past. Whereas though, you know, I would always say if I saw my dad, the first thing I'm gonna do is punch him in the jaw. Right. <laughs> Which was not the right way to look at it. Right. Right. However, nowadays, it's not to say that I understand what, what he did, but I forgive him. So there's no, there's no anger. There's no uh, hatred or anything that's there. I mean, honestly, I don't even know if he's still alive or if he's dead. I have no, I have no idea. So, but if I was to see him again, I know that anger won't be there. I, I probably just ask him, like, "Hey, man, like, how you been? Like, what's going on?" Whereas on my brother, on the other hand, I don't know the deepness of his of his relationship. I know he definitely looks at him through a different lens, but I don't know if he's more angry, um, you know, or more like hurt, abandoned. I don't, I don't know those things. So uh, that'd be interesting if we were to both interact with him or see him again for the first time at the same time, how both of us would react. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of ways you look at it, it's like your dad made you who you are. Yeah, definitely. Cause, for me. Cause you, he was the mo role model of what you did not want to be. Exactly. I used to post a, a, a picture every single year on father's day. I used mm -hmm. to thank some of the father figures that I had in my life. That was really a, a, a positive, good influence. But I always used to post a picture of saying like, hey, dad, thank you so much for teaching me the man that I exact opposite of where I wanted to be. That was something that, you know, although it was he wasn't the best example, he still was an example of, of what I can do differently. Right. Right. Uh, or, or what I shouldn't do, not what I, what I should do differently. So but yeah, I agree with that 100 percent. So then you went off to college mm -hmm. and what was your major in college? Entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. <laughs> I would like to, I already know the answer, but I'm going to ask you anyway, what made you choose that major? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I worked for an entrepreneur since I was nine years old. I sold hats and t-shirts and peanuts outside the Orioles and Raven Stadium. I worked for an entrepreneur. And uh, when I was in high school, I told that entrepreneur, I was like, oh, I'm going to go get a regular job and see how it is. And I worked at Finish Line that was over in White Marsh Mall for a little bit. And I was like, bro, this job absolutely sucks. I work 20 hours in a week because I was working part time and I only got paid like maybe 180 bucks mm -hmm. compared to working at the Oriole Stadium. I can work one weekend and make 500 bucks in, in two days. So I was like, yeah, this this ain't going to work out for me. I'm going to have to definitely travel this entrepreneurship route because <laughs> um, this employee thing is definitely not my my cup of tea. <laughs> and been an entrepreneur ever since. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, speaking of entrepreneurship, you also do uh, motivational speaking. Yes. Uh, can you tell us about that? Definitely. So me being in the background that I grew up in, I, I felt as though I only had three options. And I felt like this is the biggest self-limiting belief. I know it was for me. And, I've, and now that I've, I'm older, I feel as though it's something that is, is consistent in all the other poverty-stricken areas that you travel throughout the world, which is... I felt as though I only had three options to create success. Either I was going to be a professional athlete, 
I was going to be a professional entertainer of some sort. So, you know, a rapper, a singer, dancer, or something like that. Or I could sell drugs. That was pretty much my only three options. And um, I chose option one. I felt as though I wanted to go to the league. I was like, you know, if, if I'm going to make it out, I'm going to be able to pay my mom back with everything that she's she's done for me and the sacrifices that she's made. Then I'm going to have to go to the league so I can make that money so I can create that type of lifestyle. And obviously, you know, that 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 decision kind of took me along this route of a little bit that you mentioned already early on in the conversation. But it made me want to get a scholarship because I knew my mom growing up on a thirteen thousand dollar a year income. I, she wasn't going to be able to pay for me to go to school. So I said, I'm going to have to get a scholarship to go. However, there was nobody in my school that ever uh, attained that. Nobody ever went to Chesapeake High School and got a D1 scholarship. So that became my number one goal. And of course, you had people that told you that you couldn't do it. You had people that, you know, I had a teacher actually tell me that I'm more likely to to be dead or in jail before that goal actually became true. Um, so it was it was different, right? It was definitely a different type of environment to grow up in. But thankfully, because of that resolve and honestly, because of I didn't know at the time, but now I know clearly uh, God had his hand working in my life. And I became the first student in that school's history to ever earn a D1 scholarship. And that was a huge accomplishment, not only for the school, but for my for my family at that point. Yeah, um, because I knew I, I wasn't going to be able to pay for the education. So I got I got it for free. Right. Or I got it for my ability to play a sport. <laughs> right. Um. But that that entire mindset, when I think back to, you know, the three options that I had, I feel as though once I got out of the environment that I was in, I was outside of Baltimore. I started interacting with different people and, you know, developing different association around me. And I started to realize, like, man, that is that is not the only way. You know, you don't just have to be an athlete or just have to be talented in something in order to be successful. There's so many different options that you can take. There's there's businesses that you can build off of very low amounts of investment and capital. And I started to just my mind was just expanded to so many more opportunities. And now that's my I feel like my passion is to go back into these these low income neighborhoods, these uh, schools where kids feel as though they're they're limited. Right. There's lack of opportunity. There's nothing available for them to actually go and create success in their life. And I just want to share my story because my story, I feel as I call myself a hope dealer. It's a story of hope so that they can see like, man, this dude grew up in the exact same situation as me, similar circumstances, yet he built a life that he's proud of living and is successful and he's married. He has, you know, two kids that looks up to him. And it's like everything opposite from everything I saw when I grew up. And I want other kids to be able to see like, man, this just because you were born in this particular environment or because, you know, you grew up in a particular family, it doesn't mean you have to be that way forever. You can break that generational curse and change your family's history for, for the legacy of tomorrow. Yes. And that's where you come up with the slogan curse breaker, correct? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. And I love that. Love that. People shouldn't feel like they're destined to be a certain way. You you can write your destiny. As long as you got God with you, you can write your destiny. You don't have yes. to go what man thinks you're going to go or where people say or statistics say where you're going to go. No, Amen. you can do whatever you want to do. Exactly. I tell people all the time, your past does not determine your future. Yes. So therefore, you I mean, all the stuff that happens in your past, it's it's a part of your it's a part of it. But it, it doesn't determine whether or not you're going to create success in your life. So it's just literally a decision. I know I hate it hearing that all the time. Like it's just a decision to go and create success. But it is once you start making that decision in your mind all the other points of light starts to come together and you start to realize like, wow, 
this opportunity was here that I never even saw before. And this opportunity was here because you change your mindset and how you see things. And that new perspective will give you clarity so you can flat out just pursue your dreams. Yeah, I don't think people really understand the power of their thoughts. Amen. I really don't think they do. I mean, the power of their thoughts and what they speak has so much power over their life. I'm going to speak for myself. When I start looking at me differently, Mm -hmm. everything else started changing for the better. Yep. So if you think negative, negative will come. You think positive, positive will come. Exactly. I tell people all the time, um, you know, I'm a a firm believer, obviously, as you know, in, in, in Jesus Christ and the gospel and everything else. But it's a phrase that I come back to all the time, and it's life and death is in the power of the tongue. Amen. And I feel as though a lot of people, you know, you you say these things and it's stuff that we hear all the time. Like even something as simple as I love my mom to death. Mm-hmm. Think about how many times you heard that, Lillian. In your mind, do you really want your mom to die? I don't right. want my mom to die. So right. I, I changed that thought process. It's I love my mom to life or I love my mom to the fullest. Because right. I don't want to, I don't want to speak death over my mom, right? Right. Um, but another big thing to remember is that a lot of times we get stuck in our own brains about thoughts. It's negative thoughts. It's not necessarily all the time the things that we're saying, but it's negative thoughts that we have about ourselves or our environment or our upbringing, whatever it may be, and it's limiting our ability to, to just break through. Whereas though I tell people all the time, you can't fight bad thoughts with good thoughts. You have to fight bad thoughts with good words. Yes. You have to start speaking what you want in your life. And and an activity that I always tell people to do is think about the things that you say from your mouth. And then as soon as you say them, the phrase I want you to add is that is is that's exactly how I want it to be. Mm -hmm. So if you say something like, you know, oh, I suck at this and I'll never be great at it. Add and that's exactly how I want it to be. And if Mm. what you're saying is not exactly how you want it to be, you need to start changing your words. You got to get your word life in order and start speaking things as you want it, because that way it'll train your brain, your subconscious mind to believe what you're speaking. So it starts to figure out the solutions of how you can get to that next step. Yes, absolutely. The tongue is the strongest muscle of the whole body. People has no idea. Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't care about no biceps, man. I'm going to get my tongue curls in. <laughs> Come on now. Worth it. Work it. <laughs> now, so, so your target group mm-hmm. is the youth, is our, is our young folks, correct? Yep. I would say usually between the ages of 16 to 22. I feel as though that's where my story has the biggest impact. However, success principles are universal, right? So it's funny because with the book that I've written, it's a lot of people, obviously, it's it's for that target demographic. But the stats and details that I'm getting back, it's people that are mid-30s. It's people that are uh, even in their 50s. And I'm getting feedback from them saying like, wow, I never even knew these, you know, this thought process was even available. And uh, it's it's definitely humbling. (laughs) Yeah. Well, because if you think about it, because even in your youth, you already think you know everything. Right. So why in the world I'm going to sit there and listen to somebody tell me something where I feel like I already know it. Right. Then as you get older, you're like, you know what? I really don't know as much as I thought I did. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yep. and, then, and then your eyes are open to, well, good Lord. I, I never knew. Like, like Tony Baker. I never knew. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So true. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about your book. What's it called? And what's it about? 
So the book is titled Unlock Yourself, How to Earn the Success You Were Born to Create. And the book itself, I, I have this fundamental belief, and I'm pretty sure you might share the exact same belief, Lillian, which is we're all born with the seeds of greatness already inside of us. Yes. We're, we're all meant for greatness. We're, Jesus came so that we may have life, but also so that we have it more abundantly, right? Yes. So we're, these, these thought processes and these self-limiting beliefs that we have, we have to start shedding those things because those seeds are already there. However, it is up to us to plant those seeds in an environment that's conducive for growth. It's the faith that has works, right? Faith without yeah. works is dead. You have yeah. to actively take that action of planting yourself in an environment of people who you can grow with, right? An association of people who you can grow with. You got to start making, taking the action to, you know, read things and listen to podcasts like we're doing right now that help you develop that mental positivity that you can go out and create the life that you want to live. So that's my fundamental belief is that everybody already has the seeds in there. You just need a, you just need somebody to nurture it for you. Right. And you right. just need somebody that's going to sprinkle some water on it so that you can make sure you start to blossom and bloom and everything else. So that's, that's the fundamental belief of the book itself. Now, the book on the inside, it actually is an acronym. So I said the, the title, main title is Unlock Yourself, mm -hmm. but the acronym on the inside is Unlock You. And it goes from every single letter sharing a different part of the puzzle that will allow you to start going from this idea of a mindset of where uh, a vision that you have for your life of where you want to be and what you want to accomplish to then developing the proper habits that'll get you from point A to point Z, okay? You mm -hmm. got to travel through the whole alphabet. If you go from point A to point B, then most of the time you fail. But if you go from <laughs> point A to point Z, then now you're gonna, you know you're going to have to go through some different obstacles along the way. But newsflash, when you hit those obstacles, that means you're going in the right direction. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Isn't that it? Now, can you just give us one letter? I would say that my, my favorite one inside of the book is the letter K. And the letter K stands for knowledge. And a lot of people have this, this phrase inside of their head that we've learned and it's been ingrained in us for forever, which is knowledge is power. Have you ever heard that phrase before? All the time. Little, yeah. <laughs> I heard that phrase all the time. And I'm going to be honest with you, Lillian, I hate that phrase. The reason behind it is because I always felt as though there was a word missing from that phrase. And the word is applied. Applied knowledge is power. Come on, because now. if you just have knowledge, if you're just acquiring information and never doing anything with it, then all you have is wasted info that's just stuck in your head, right? You start reading books or you start to have this advice come from people in a standpoint of life or where you want to be, and they're shedding their insights onto you. If if you until you actually take action on the knowledge that you have, it's wasted information, it's wasted potential. And then you never actually achieve the goals and the dreams and the aspirations that you have in your life. So applied knowledge is power. I don't want you to go to the library and just start reading the encyclopedia and thinking like, oh, I'm getting all this good information. If you got information inside of your head, figure out how to apply it, how to make it work in your life, how to create situations where you can actually take that information inside of your brain and make it work for you and manifest it in real life. Now you have true power in your life. Come on, preacher. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, I'm just saying, man, I, that's just one of those things. I feel as though, you know, it's the same thing that we hear about the Bible all the time when they say, oh, money is the root of all evil. Well, no, there was a word missing. 
Actually, it's two. It's the love. The love of money yes. is the root of all evil, right? Yes. Yes. It's the same thing. You got to start looking at these these small phrases that we've been taught and just sitting in the back of our minds, and we got to start questioning them. Like, is that actually true, right? Yes. And start right. to figure out from that point, how do I differentiate between something that's just been passed down and it's like the telephone game and it got, it got jumbled and discombobulated by the time it mm -hmm. got to me compared to I found out this information and now I need to go act on it. Yes. <laughs> Study for yourself. Amen. Study for yourself. My daddy Man. always said that. He said, okay, they, they, that was good, that verse they read over the church. Now you need to read what was before that verse exactly, and what was after that verse. There was a reason for that. Don't Because most of the time, they, they translate that verse to what they think. Exactly. Not what it is. So we true. Yes. Just think about how many people, you know, the different books that we may read, right? Mm -hmm. You can you can read even yourself as an individual. You can read a book when you're 15 years old and then you can read a book when you're 17 years old. And the same statement that you read in that book can mean two completely different things in those situations. Absolutely. So now you got a preacher maybe that's reading something that's inside of the Bible compared to you reading something that's inside of the Bible. You're, it's going to mean two completely different things because that preacher is typically thinking about how that applies to his life, his situation, what he has going on compared to what you're reading. And you're going to apply it to yours. So that's how that understanding sometimes gets discombobulated, too. <laughs> yes. I do love that word, discombobulated. <laughs> I've used it too many times. I think I've used it like three or four times already. <laughs> I know, but that's one of my favorite words. I'll, I'll say it in a minute, but oh, I feel all discombobulated. But yeah, <laughs> I love that word. Okay, you also have a workbook that goes with your book, too. Yes, absolutely. And it goes hand in hand with what I just talked about with applied knowledge, because the best way that you start to apply what you know is by writing it down, right? So right. how many times have you picked up a book and maybe you've made, maybe you took the step and made some highlights inside the book or some underline and you put some notes over in the margins and things like that. However, once you finish the book, you never picked it back up again. You just put it down and you picked up the next book to read, right? Right. Compared to a workbook, a lot of times, like I, one I like to come back to all the time is Dave Ramsey's uh, Extreme Money Makeover, right? He has a mm -hmm. book and he has a workbook Whereas though you can read what's actually inside the book to get the content, but then as you're as you're going through the workbook, you're getting the context behind it, right? You're like, right. all right, this is how I need to do it. Here's is making it real for me because I'm writing down my own individual goals. I'm writing down what I feel as though that made sense to, right? And then now you're starting to create this this action habit of saying, okay, I'm getting stuff done, right? Instead of right. just saying I'm acquiring knowledge and not doing something about it. So the workbook is free. If people wanted to go and pick up that workbook, they can go to my website, which is eddiethomason.com. That's E-D-D-I-E-T-H-O-M-A-S-O-N.com slash unlock yourself. And they can download the workbook right there for free because here's what I believe. If you're taking the step and you're making the taking the action to say I'm buying the book, then the workbook, I want it to be free so that you can start to apply the knowledge that you know. What do you enjoy the most about what you do? That's a great question. My favorite thing about even writing the books and being on stage and, and, and dealing hope, right, mm -hmm. is, is the people that come up to me afterwards or the letters that I get or the emails that I get that is from someone who had actually touched their life, right? And it mm -hmm. made them make a different decision. Like, for example, I had this one, this one kid who I spoke at a, at a university and 
I talked about inside of that 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 talk. I talked about the difference between advice and opinions. And a lot of the times we get a lot of different opinions from the people that love us, like our moms and and you know siblings and friends and people. But they typically have no actual experience in what we're asking an opinion for. For example, um, say for me, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. However, my mom has never owned her own business. So if I went to my mom back when I first started my, my entrepreneurship journey and I was like, hey, ma, can you give me some some advice? Right. This is what I'm thinking. I'm getting if Ma, Can you give me some advice on uh, how to start a business or what I need to do and everything else? My mom is not actually giving me advice. She gives she's giving me an opinion just because she has some type of prior knowledge that is not directly specified between owning a business. It's just basically something maybe she heard on TV or she heard from a friend of a friend that said something about business and how you start one, right? However, when I went to the the entrepreneur guy, the guy that that actually taught me how to how to grow a business, who the guy that I worked for when I was down at the Orioles and Raven Stadium, he gave me actual advice because it came from a standpoint of life of where I wanted to be. Right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't go to my mom and ask her about how to own a business because she never owned one. However, Damon, who's the guy that I work for, he owned three businesses. So me going to him to ask for advice, I got solid advice instead of getting some opinions from somebody who never did what I'm pursuing, right? Right, right. When I mentioned that inside of that talk, the the kid came up to me afterwards and was just like, man, thank you so much for all that because he was the first person in his family that ever went against the academia side of things and just wanted to start a business. He was like, you know, my mom's a doctor and my dad's an engineer. And all they told me was I'd have to go to school and I got to get good grades and I got to come out of college and basically just get a good job and work till I die. He was like, I know I had this dream, this passion inside of me to start my own business. and I wanted to start my own business. And this kid is a sophomore in college, started his own business. And then actually, I think now today it's a it's it's at least a seven figure business. All right. Um, it came from, you know, just a, a snippet of what he heard instead of a 45 minute keynote. I maybe spent five minutes on this topic. And here it is. This this kid comes up to me. and was like, man, you know, Mr. Thomason, which I think is weird when people call me that because I'm only 27. <laughs> <years old. laughs> I'm like, OK, <laughs> hey, hey, buddy, just call me Eddie. Just call me Eddie. Right. But, <laughs> but he was like, Mr. Thomason, you know, thank you so much for that, because it definitely made an impact on my life. And it made me realize that I can't go to my mom and dad for advice on starting a business because they never did it. So therefore, I need to go to go to someone else who can give me real insights and advice on whether or not I can be successful because they've been there and done that. And I think those situations is the is the part that I love best about what I do because it's helping people shed that self-limiting belief, right? Because at that point, that kid believed that he couldn't be successful at business just because his mom and dad told him that he couldn't. However, when he heard that message, he was like, no, nah, man, I can, I can go out and be something different. I can break the mold. I can break the curse, right? Mm-hmm. And now become an entrepreneur inside of my family and teach my kids and their grandkids about entrepreneurship. Now, <laughs> what do you do daily to keep yourself motivated? Man, I do a bunch of different things, to be honest with you. I, I think I'm a, I'm a huge proponent in having routines. Um, I, I believe you can only give an excess of what you have, so you have to make sure that your tank is always full. In the morning, I mean, obviously, I spend some time with our, our creator, my, my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I spend some Amen. time with him in the morning. I make sure I read every single day at least a chapter from a success principles book. So I'm always filling my mind with what I think with what I know is positivity. 
Um, I turn off the news. I never watch any news. So I, I, I don't even know what's going on with the coronavirus and what phase we're in or anything else because I just don't look at the news. Mm-hmm. <laughs> look, I, I, I'm not to cut you off, but look, I'm with you when you're right. I, I watch just enough. Right. You got, I give you 30 minutes and then I'm done with you for the rest <laughs> of the day. And exactly. I, I can't, I don't like poisoning myself with all that negativity like that. Yep. I got too much to do. So, exactly. no. So, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. That's it's true, man. Because you can't have all that negativity just being dumped into you. You got to out, you got to dilute that negative with the positive. So, yes. Um, but that's huge for me. Like I said, just turning off the news in itself. Uh, I listen to a lot of podcasts. So, I listen to a lot of different, you know, speakers and people who are, are just flat out pursuing life, right? And especially in the areas that I'm an uh, I'm an interest in. So I right now I'm listening to a lot of different things about um, speaking and how to translate between physical stages and doing virtual presentations and and hearing the positivity behind it. Because again, you can get kind of caught up in this thought process of like, oh, the speaking industry is dead because of COVID. Where no, that's not true. People are doing virtual summits all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I do a couple of different things to make sure that I'm always there. And then also, I got an amazing wife, right? So my wife is always filling me up with positivity, um, always there to support me and encourage me, even with my wildest uh, <laughs> suggestions and, <laughs> and ideas and things that I have. She's always like, hey, you know, she's my, she's my rock that kind of keeps me pointed in the right direction. And um, honestly, if I wake up every single day and I I'll just get to see her face, but then I, in, in addition to that, it's my kids, man. I got a 16-month-old and a three-month-old and actually is he four months already i think he's four months already uh no he's three months sorry he's three (laughs) he was born march 31st okay (laughs) so with that being said i mean like these these dudes man i look at them every single day and i'm like man i gotta leave a legacy for you guys i want you guys to be proud of the dad that i am but i also want to create a new ceiling that becomes their floor for them to work from and and pursue life from. So um, those are all things that it's just that in that, that intrinsic motivation, right? That Mm -hmm. inspiration that comes every single day when my feet hit the floor from my bed. (laughs) Yes. And it keeps you going, keeps us going. Exactly. Amen. Now I know you already said it already, but how can people contact you? Yeah, so the best way is is by just going to my website. If you go to eddiethomason.com um, and, and find me there. However, you can also, the primary social media that I hang out on is LinkedIn. That's actually where I met Lillian. Um, I think that's just an amazing platform for you to just build really good relationships and friendships from. And um, so LinkedIn is going to be the primary place, but I am everywhere else, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. So just go to my website and find those different things. Um, and you can also, my email is also on there too. So if you want to send me an email, that's going to be great too. And what I tell people all the time, Lillian is don't put me on the pedestal, right? If mm-hmm. you hear me on this show right now and you're thinking to yourself like, man, here's this guy, he, he overcame so much. He's so much further away. Uh, like as far as untouchable from me, I want you to say like, Hey, cut that out right now. I'm just a regular dude. Okay. I'm not anybody <laughs> that's special. You have the, I have the same seeds inside of me that you have inside of you. We're all on common ground. So therefore, if you have a question, something that you want to bounce off me, an idea, just reach out. Okay. Don't put me on this pedestal and think that I won't get back to you. I don't have bots and people that's doing things. I will get back to you and we can probably have a conversation about how I can help. And if I can't help, I have a network of people who can. So 
feel free to reach out. You'll find out that I'm I'm the most humble person. Um, and you we can have a regular conversation. <laughs> amen. Amen. Now, are you ready for your last question? Yeah, let's do it. All right. <laughs> if you could have any song be your theme song when you walked into a room, what would it be and why? Man, that is, you know, it's funny. This, this is the first time I've ever heard that question. So that's a great question, by the way. The thing that came to my mind immediately, my mom is is a big gospel person. And I believe the song is by Yolanda Adams and it's Conquerors. I don't know if you yes. ever. Yes, before. yes, I have. Yes. <laughs> you know I, I have. Yes. <laughs> so that, I will say that would definitely be my theme song because it's something that I remind myself of every single day, which is we are more than conquerors. So therefore, the battle that we're in, we have already won. We yes. just have to walk it out, right? So right. I think that is that is it. Not Not just for me, but also for the people that are in that room when I step into it. I want all of them to know that we are all more than conquerors. So stop playing this victim card of like, oh, I can't do this or I can't do this or, you know, I'm too I'm too small for this or I'm not smart enough for this. Cut out all that noise, man, because you are more than a conqueror. You were put on this earth to do amazing things. And I believe that you will. And other people need you to win so that they can win themselves as well. So that is that's my answer. I hope it helps. Oh, it helped a lot. <laughs> Great answer. And you know what I love about that verse? We are more than conquerors. It's the word more. Yeah. That part right there always got me. I was like, anybody can be a conqueror, but you are more than a conqueror. Exactly. How great is that? (laughs) It's phenomenal, right? Like, like, I got to walk into a battle and I already know I won, but. I like I just dominated. Not I right. didn't squeeze through. You know what I'm saying? I didn't win this game by one point. It was a blowout. Right. <laughs> I crushed it. Didn't get a scratch, didn't break a nail, just just did that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. I enjoyed you tremendously. You are the bomb. Do you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Lillian. I appreciate that. <laughs> you are so welcome. Thank you, Eddie, for being on my show. I really enjoyed your drops of knowledge of life experiences that will help us all with our own struggle to become better versions of ourselves. And if you would like to be on Worldly Church Girl, click the link below, shoot me an email, and let's see what we can do with that thing. Have you subscribed? If you haven't, what are you waiting on? Each show is getting better and better. And season four is just around the corner. And thank you once again for joining your one and only Worldly Church Girl.